Jarvis in close shot, there's a goal! Seth Jarvis, the 17-year-old, short side, glove side, high, just under the crossbar. I'm Cross Hannes, and you're listening to the Puckland Hit Podcast. Cutting to the front of the net, and they score. Reese Newkirk along the right wing just took the pass. That was phenomenal patience from Seth Jarvis and the winner. This is Nick Chichek, and you're listening to the Pucklandia Podcast. Hey, this is Reese Newkirk, and you're listening to the Pucklandia Podcast. Hi, I'm Joel Holt of the Portland Warehouse, and you're listening to Pucklandia Podcast. For those of us attending games three and four, and if you're listening to the show, you likely are, you know, Wednesday night, Thursday night down there in the Glass Palace, may I direct you to my friends at Cartlandia, just north of the rink there in Williams. They do uh, happy hour pricing in the cantina for listeners to this show, in addition to, uh, you know, a pretty good variety of, of food carts there. It's a, you know, if you're one that likes to get down to the rink a little early, you know, have a beer before you walk over. It's uh, it, it it works out pretty good. It's a it's a sweet setup. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see you down there. Welcome into Pucklandia. Uh, Please be joined by Marty Hastings, who's a reporter with Kamloops this week and also Kamloops last week. Uh, it's uh, nice to nice to have you on uh, on Pucklandia tonight. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I know it's a bit confusing there. Kamloops last week. It's kind of a online youtube facebook show through our newspaper which is Kamloops this week and that's my full-time job but i'm also uh the weekly sports guy for cbc radio in Kamloops. so those are kind of the three places where uh, you can find me yeah well we talk we we always love the newspaper guys on on this show and also whl unfiltered um you know and it's it's uh also kind of an interesting balance too that you know a lot of the, the folks we have on are are you know pretty hockey focused but you know, the the rest of the news is is oftentimes more important than, than goals and assists, right? Oh yeah, we got our we got our uh, fingers in a lot of different pies here as well. I mean, just for me, like I'm a I'm a beat reporter for the newspaper, so it's not just the Blazers; it's uh, everything from Lil and Timmy Timmy and Jane's gymnastics to um, you know Olympians and then Blazers. So it's uh, it's a lot going on here out in the tournament capital of Canada. Well, and, and and obviously the the day to day, you know, you've you've lived it and you've covered, you know, uh, Kamloops for for that this this outlet for some time. But you know, the the rest of of the country and and is uh, you know focusing more and more on on Kamloops as time goes on, and 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 that's kind of where you know specifically the Blazers, and that's that's where we are. I mean, they uh, you know the the two games over the weekend. I mean, they they certainly look like they're loaded for bear. Yeah, I mean, especially this year, obviously, with the Memorial Cup being here, there's a big focus and a lot more pressure on the team and the organization heading into the season. And with all the moves that they ended up making, um, I think they set themselves up really well. And you're seeing right now, I mean, kind of the results, finally, um, the fruits are showing, especially, I think, these first two games against Portland. We're starting to see kind of the full force of the Blazers, which I don't think we've really had a chance to see. I mean, the team had to gel after the deadline. Uh, There were some injuries with with Demick being out. Um, And once the guys came here in the trade, uh, the trade with uh, Everett, with Hofer and Zellweger showing up, I mean, it takes time to figure out 
where, where guys are going to fit in and, and the line combinations. And there was some injuries in the first round. Fraser Minton missed all four games of the Vancouver series. Dale and Kiefer missed a game. They come back. So you kind of have this, um, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches. But I thought it was easy to figure out what to do with, with, with them. So um, I think game two Saturday was probably the best example that they've put forward of, of um, what this team can look like when they're firing pretty close to on all cylinders. Yeah, yeah, I felt like, well, both nights really the 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 goals that, that came late in the second period, you know, with the the Stankoven goal on, in game two and the uh, who was it the the Demet goal, uh, the second yeah. Demet goal in, in in game one. It seemed like, you know, it's a you know they, they always say you know the first minute last minute of a period those goals are killer, and it just seemed like it. Seemed like it really kind of cemented the, uh, you know, what what the what the Blazers are trying to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that goal at the end of the second period on Saturday, because it was Portland that's actually shown that tendency to, to strike quickly after Blazers' goals. Um, and Mike Johnson talked about the momentum that they gain off, off, off of those types of goals. But Kamloops kind of really ran away with that game in the third period. But that really started at the end of the second period when they scored late um, and... And the crowd. I mean, you get the crowd into it. They, I mean, the Camels is scoring first, too. I think that's just part of the – an early – I don't want to call it a death now. It's too early. But when you when you get that momentum early and you get the crowd um, behind you in that barn in Camels, where it's 5,000-plus, and that just makes it extremely hard to um, – to overcome for Portland and you know, also you know, the special teams battle. Mike Johnson again talked to, to me before the series about how important it was going to be. And actually after game one, when I interviewed him, he said, I think the power plays are going to be very important in, in this series. And I mean, game two, Camels was deadly on the power play. Um, and I, I don't think that um, you know, the winner, the winner Hawks can't afford to, to be that porous on the penalty kill, but I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to blame them. I mean, you're playing against a pretty stacked team and that, uh, is dangerous. I mean, especially when they're playing like they were. I mean, moving the puck like that and uh, getting traffic in front. Getting traffic in front. I mean, the, the, I think it was the bank here goal that comes to mind where Dale and Kiefer was posted up in front. And um, Spooner's been been fine. I mean, I, I don't really think he's he's been much to blame. He, what can you do when you're when you're screened? And um, yeah, just another reason the Blazers have, have looked pretty good in the first couple of games here. Oh yeah, you mentioned. You mentioned setting the screen. I mean, there was some um, there's some really nice, you know, uh, play in front with uh, the Blazers trying to set traffic on those on all three of those power play goals. Really, I mean, it's it's the, the timing of it's really interesting. It's you know, you think of like a like a like a, a Holmstrom for Detroit or whatever, just kind of you know lurking in front. Whereas you know these plays seem like they were really timed to where. As soon as as soon as the, the the screen was set, here, you know, here comes the shot from the point. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a design. That that was pretty bang bang. And Keith was right in front. The shots away, and I mean, the the, the goalie had no didn't catch a sight of that at all. I mean, it was just by him before before he knew it was going on. I mean, that's been part of the size that they've they've put together. Um, and that was that was it's been massive so far in the first two games, especially that first year Demick. Um, Holford line. It's just, it's been kind of a man beast line. And I mean, credit to the Winterhawks. They've, they've stood their ground and uh, with their, you know, rock solid, extremely good defensemen, especially their, their three top D men have been, have been good. But I mean, there's only so much you can handle 
Uh, Michael Dick talked about it in the Vancouver series that the Blazers just wore them down. I mean, they come in waves and they don't stop. And eventually you're going to turn the puck over. Um, and when you've got players that are at least six foot three, that, that line I talked about, I mean, they're all six foot three or taller. These are big boys that they're playing physical. Um, and eventually as a D man, uh, you're kind of sick of that. You're kind of sick of that four check and well, mistakes happen or you, you, that draws penalties as well, which we saw. I mean, you, you start making mistakes, you get tired, you take penalties, that leads to power plays, and they have a deadly power play. So, I mean, yeah, the, the size is, has been a big factor as well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. That was definitely one thing that really showed on video. I felt that, you know, there was a lot of physicality, you know, on, on both sides, going both ways. I mean, you know, a lot of taking the body every chance that you get. And, you know, oftentimes you see that, you know that the, uh, the 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 lesser skilled team, the, the 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 underdog, if you will, will try to will try to get physical on the on the more skilled team. But it seems like that almost you know fuels the fire for this Camelos team. They're they're not afraid to play like that at all. Yeah, they're not going to back down. And I, I think Portland, to their credit, has has shown their their toughness as well. I mean, both games have ended with scrums and um, kind of a you know a half assed fight. I mean, um, with Van Olm there, but. I mean, there's there's a lot of mixing it up that's gone on um, throughout these games. Nobody's backing down. I, and I talked to um, I talked to McCleary after the game on on Saturday, and he said, you know, we he had a lot. I mean, it's, it's a respectful. There's a lot of respect. I mean, I think with these with these teams, um, even McCleary, he was just very he was complimentary of 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 the Blazers, saying it's a tough task. And uh, he was talking about that Demick and Holford line and, you know, respectfully saying, you know, they respect them, but they're not going to back down either. Um, they're, they've been fighting back. I just think that they're just a little bit outmatched. And, and there's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to combat a team that is so deep. And I mean, Portland is, Portland is a relatively deep team as well. I just think Kamloops is a little bit deeper. You, you talked to the players for quotes, and you weren't getting uh, you're getting a lot of uh, you know they got a good team over there, and not a lot of not a lot of Chase Soto quotes from uh, from that series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Chase was pretty hot. That was that was after a game. I had kind of forgot when that happened, and I looked back at that game, and there was some running that was going on, and I can't. I think it might have been Jordan DePap or something got hit. And in the Blazers didn't like the hit, and Guy Sharon, I think it was Guy at the time, was talking about it. So Soto was pretty hot, and he kind of spoke <laughs> spoke uh, his mind there in that interview. And um, I remember after those comments, you know, some of the Blazers tell me after the series, like they were, I mean, that that made its way to Portland, and the fans were really kind of giving it to them on the bench um, <laughs> the, the next game. But no, I have there's been nothing like that. Um, just just respect and. A lot of respect for for the home ice advantage that Portland does have, and they know it's going to be raucous on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, there's a lot of history with these teams. That's a great old barn, and they're expecting the heat and the hostility. And they're saying they're relishing it too. I mean, Dylan Ernst, I talked to him, and he said, "Bring it on!" You know, I love the haters, and that it fuels me to do things I didn't know I could do before. And um, even young Harrison Brunick and uh, Apple Serrell, the, the third pair D men, saying, "Yeah, we're we're." We know we're going to be in for it. We know they're going to we're going to hear it, and these fans are are going to be loud. And we've just got to do our best to, um, you know, not let it get to us. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, you know, it's uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. Again, Thursday's a little odd. I don't think I've ever been to a Western League game on a Thursday, but 
um, you know, so you don't get the, 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 the potential crowd you might get on the weekend, but I mean, who knows? I mean, the, the American crowds are usually pretty, you know, well, uh, respected for, for, you know, getting loud and, and, and inspiring people. I know the, the Winter Hawks said that that, you know, towards the end of or the last game of the Everett series that they, they credited the crowd for, for helping motivate them. But I mean, you used to hear that, you know, with the old, you know, oil Kings and whatnot too, that they, that they love the, the hostile environment in Portland too. So I'm sure that the, I'm sure the Blazers are, you're looking forward to that too. Yeah, I know uh, Owen Zellweger. We had him on our show, and he is obviously knows the American fans well, playing in Everett and playing in that U.S. division. And he kind of suggested that he, you know, maybe can maybe some Canadian fans is what he said. Kind of might might know the game a little bit better, but that doesn't mean that uh, the American fans aren't just as passionate and, and loud, if not louder, than than some of the Canadian fans. Is that is that is kind of what he had said? And I think the Blazers they know what they want to do, and they want to score first. I mean, they want to. They want to quiet that crowd and um, set the tone early. I mean, obviously the starts have been key. I mean, they're key always, but I, especially in these with these types of home ice advantages. I mean, the Blazers want to go in there and, and score early and quiet that crowd and, and build off that. With uh, with Bedard's season coming to an end, it's it's this whole league kind of really starts and stops with with Stanko, and doesn't it? Well, I mean, he is uh, nominated again in the BC Division nominee for uh, Western League Player of the Year. I think we know where that one's going to go, but I mean, he's he's had a hell of a season again. And uh, I mean, again, I guess today he was recognized as the the Player of the Week for his performance. Um, I know he wants to finish strong. I mean, there's a bad taste in his mouth. There's a bad. I mean, the whole team has talked about it. They're not shy about saying that they. Um, they regret losing. I mean, to, to Seattle in, in on home ice in seven games, and it's been a motivating factor for them this entire season. That's what they want. They're not shy about saying that we want Seattle again. They're not by any uh, by any means looking past their opponents, and they're respecting, making sure they say they respect Vancouver, they respect Portland, but what they want is the chance to avenge that defeat. And Logan said to me, I mean, he was in tears after that game seven, uh, talking to me just saying how he felt like he could have done more. Um, and he, later on, I mean, before these playoffs, I think it was, he's saying, you know, I, I want to leave a legacy here. And part of that is a winning legacy. So they want to they wanna get in what they would call the right way to the Memorial Cup, and that's by winning the league. And in order to do that, I mean, I'm not, you know, just making any massive predictions, but it looks like at this point, I mean, the odds are they're going to have to get through Seattle again to do that. Yeah, that series, that series is going a little rough for the uh... – for the lower seed as well. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of parallels really, you know, between, uh, you know, this Candlos team and that Seattle team and, and some, you know, scrappy, you know, upstarts that are, that are playing against them here. I mean, you know, but the, you know, if, if depending on what kind of success, you know, uh, the Stankoven can really have here, this, this run, I mean, you know, a kid from, you know, local kid. You know, I mean, it's uh, you could really kind of cement a legacy as a as as a blazer here going forward if 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 the uh, if the chips fall the way he wants them to. Yeah, I mean, I I think his legacy is already it's it's cemented. I mean, he it's not. I don't think we're going to see anything quite like this again, where we have a you know a Kamloops born player drafted by the Blazers, uh, CHL Player of the Year. I mean, without Connor Bedard, maybe he wins it twice. He's already won two gold medals um, with Team Canada. He, I mean, growing up, he <laughs> he was scoring the big winning goals in all the minor hockey tournaments here. 
um, to be the captain of your hometown team. Um, but you're right. I mean, the the absolute cherry on top would would be you know a league title and Memorial Cup. And I mean, you're in you're in the all time great conversation. I mean, I think he probably is already, but. I don't think it really gets – it can get much better than that. It's the ultimate storybook ending, and that's what he wants, and that's what the people in this, uh, the city want to see too. And um, they've put themselves in a position to do it. So, I mean, it's an exciting time, and we'll know what happens in the next couple of months here. I mean, what – you know, you you were in the, in the building here the last two nights. I mean, this is, you know I, – I, I, I've been pitching it more as a, you know – league-wide audience but really this is a portland show i mean what what does you know what does the winterhawks need to do to right the ship uh for game three in, in your opinion i think they got to score first i think they have to score first um and they got to shut down i mean they got to be more disciplined uh which is hard to do when you're being outplayed um and they have to when they do when they do go on the pk they, they're gonna have to kill off those camels power plays they're probably gonna need a you know a standout performance from the goaltender um yeah and i think they're 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 top players who have been fine they have to be exceptional i mean stefan had the hat trick in the first game and was really good and um i mean all the their d-men with Alsher and mccleary and uh canyoni they they they're gonna have to play everyone has to play basically um their best games um i, I think i think in order for that to, to happen. Yeah, like I said, scoring first, I think, is going to be huge. And, and just if they can, and, and they what they pride themselves on is they're a momentum team. Like, they, they get one, then next thing you know, they're going to have two, and you're off, you're off to the races. Um, the Blazers have done a pretty good job so far, you know, in making sure that doesn't happen. Um, that's what Portland's going to want to do. They want to ride that ride that home crowd. Um, and I think that's that's probably the best recipe is to start, to start well and just to keep their foot on the gas and try and try and get a lead and, and hold the lead. Uh, I think that's um, what they, what they want to do. Just be that momentum team that they pride themselves on and use their, use their depth to their advantage, um, get the matchups they want at home and um, try and slow this Blazers de- team down as much as possible. I, I, yeah. I have heard Mike Johnson say that it's, it's pretty difficult to, line match against this Camelot's team because they are so deep and they're content with rolling four lines, which is, you know, something that, you know, is going to keep guys fresh as, as, as time goes on too. So that's, it's going to be tricky, but you know, you talk about the, you know, scoring first and momentum. I mean, it kind of, it it just comes right back to where kind of where we started with, it seems like the Blazers, at least, you know, the first two games of the series, they're scoring goals at like the right time, you know, like, you know, just timely goals, which is, you know, almost more important than the, than the actual, you know, quantity of them. Yeah. I mean, well, you talked about the depth there and that was the first thing that Mike Johnson said to me is that's the number one thing we're worried about is their depth because they can roll four lines. And um, I mean, you can look at the fourth line, for example. I mean, this is not, this is not like the Blazers are not worried about having these guys on the ice. They've actually been extremely impactful in these first couple of rounds uh, with Van Ohm and Sidor. And now Emmett Finney. I mean, there's a prime example of depth and like just things coming together at the right time. Where, I mean, he goes on a 15 game point streak. It's a 17 year old whose development spurt happens right at the end of the season. His big development spurt. I mean, he's shown signs of it. They they believed in him from the start. I mean, they were talking about him at training camp, but to, the confidence really started um, to build and it carried on at the end of the season. And he has a great first round. 
Well, Minton comes back into the lineup, so that bumps bumps Finney down, but now he's playing on this fourth line, which is clicking with uh, the Kamloopsian Dylan Sador and Shea Van Ohm. These kind of energy guys that are also you know, doing a good job defensively and, and pitching in offensively as well. And, and uh, I mean, that's that's the depth that they have. That's their fourth line. And um, that's Mike Johnston was right. And I, I think that they're, they just haven't been able to, to handle it. Yeah, that's a, that's a thing that, you know, I, I know watching the game on, on video, you know, on my couch, it's, it, I'm sure it doesn't affect the players the same way, but when I see a Sador wearing that Kamloops jersey, you know, then you're like, you know, and you know you're already up against it, and you know how good this team is, and then you go down that rabbit hole of, you know, thinking all those great, you know, Kamloops greats in the, in the past, you know, with the Darcy Tuckers and the Jerome McGinleys and the, you know, Shane Dones and, 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 and you know, the the elder Sador and you just kind of it's like it's like you you're you're uh you're already down down a man when you walk into the into the in the rink you know yeah and I think I mean that that's there's a lot of history with Portland too now and I think they're probably going to try and call on that I mean it was interesting talking to to Chris Murray about some of those battles back in the in the uh, in the nineties and and Don Hay was around in throughout the eighties when these two teams went at it. Uh, actually, I talked to Sean Cluson today. He he played for the Winterhawks um, back in his junior career. He also coached for Portland, so he remembers some of the battles that they had, and uh, and that's all experience that that I mean the Blazers have kind of fed off too. I mean Don Hay more recently coaching for Portland has I'm sure he's been able to help his club out and knowing knowing Mike Johnson so well. But I mean Mike Johnson knows Hayes knows Hazer so well. So I mean there's a lot of great history between these teams and. I'd expect. Uh, I'd not expect Portland. Game three is going to be basically their Alamo. I mean, the you have to. They have to win that game. Um, so I think the Blazers are going to be prepared for Portland's absolute best. And if Portland can can squeeze one out in game three, you know we got a series. If they can't, I I mean I I would suggest at that point it's pretty much all over but the crying. <laughs> I mean it's going to be hard if they go down three nothing against this team. So I think game three is going to be. Massive. What do, what do you think they do in goal for Game 3? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, Michael Dick in the Vancouver series tried to switch things up, and it didn't really work. I mean, both both of their goaltenders were fine. I just – I mean, do they go to Gianuzzi? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think um, – I'd have to go back and look at all the goals for Spooner, but I, I think that – I mean, there's just so much shot volume that I don't know if they're upset with his play. I could be wrong. Maybe they, maybe they start – Maybe they go back to to the to the twenty year old who was who has been pretty good for them all all year. I mean, um, I think they got options there, and Mike Johnson was pretty firm in saying we think we have two great two great goaltenders that can play for us in the playoffs. I really I don't have a feel on that either way. Um, who who they're going to go with? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a hot topic around here, and always always has been. I mean back to you know back to the Matt Carruth days, but you know I mean it, it worked it worked pretty good for Saskatoon in the first round, but. You know, didn't didn't seem to give him any sort of lift last night. So, I mean, you know, your results may vary, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I like I said in that Vancouver series, it didn't really matter. I mean, and they brought they went they they started with Vikeman and they went to the backup and they ended up going back to Vikeman, who played very well in in Game Four. Right? But I mean, if he face he's facing what I don't know, like forty fifty shots a night. I don't know. He I mean, he had that game. I think he might have had like fifty something. That was sixty four shots. I could be. 
Oh no! To Wednesday, it was a it was a lot of shots. He played very well. I mean, there there was it just didn't matter who you had in net. They the Blazers were just too good, too many shots. Um, it didn't matter who was going to be in net. Well, again, shot volume is one thing when you got you're trying to look between the two and two of uh, you know on on the back of uh, Kufler's jersey. I mean, I I, I I really want to give him credit for how how uh, good a job he was doing screening the goalie on on, on a couple of those goals. Yeah, Dalen Kiefler, he's he's uh, he's a guy that I've been a big fan of. I mean, he's a great story. A late round, very late round Bantam draft pick, and basically picked by Shane Doan, who Kiefler lived with Shane Doan in Arizona. And Doan said, okay, you you know, we got to pick this guy. I think I see something in him. And he's just turned himself into an NHL drafted a guy with the Islanders and heart and soul lunch bucket will do anything for his team. And um, he's, he's a guy that uh, he'll be sad. One of those guys that you'll be sad to see him go. He's been a, he's been a blast to cover uh, in his career. And, um, but yeah, he's been good in this series. I know we opened with this, but uh, where, where can we find your work, Marty? Yeah. So you can find um, our newspaper online, uh, camelsthisweek.com. You can find me on Twitter at Mar the Reporter. And also I run KTW on Blazers. So at KTW on Blazers on Twitter. I'm also on Instagram at Mar the Reporter. You can find our show, Camloops, last week on YouTube. It's under the umbrella of our newspaper, which is Camloops this week. I'm also on CBC Radio, Camloops. So, I mean, it'll find me on Twitter is probably the easiest way. And, uh, at more of the reporter. Well, with all those all those hats you're wearing, I I definitely appreciate you taking some time out to uh, to give here to to Pucklandia, and you know presumably these playoffs are going to continue on. Maybe uh, maybe I'll bug you again here t- down the stretch. Alrighty, sounds good. Thanks for the, thanks for the call. All right, thanks, Marty. Yeah, cheers.